taking a look at WCW from 1990 through about 94. We call it From Sting to Hogan. I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Kiesler. How's everyone doing today? Charlie Stabile. Happy New Year. We got a lot to get into. Starcade 91, Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery. The Final Frontier. Yeah, the Undiscovered. The Undiscovered Country. Uh, Genesis. It's it's got, yeah, it's all of of them. There may be more titles. I've never seen a pay per view that has not like it, this. Is there one? Um, I can't remember off the top of my bad, head. Bad when the in your houses started getting nicknames. I remember right, that. Right. Like Beware of Dog. <laughs> is that the one where the power went out? Yeah, that's the one I went to in Florence. Yeah. Right? yeah. Savio Vega's Stone Cold Strap Match. And then they had to do the match over. Yeah, with me at the North Charleston Coliseum. I got to see it twice. I got to see it twice. Mm-hmm. So, um, before we dive in, we've been talking about Best of Luck Spot, the Hall of Fame. We're doing a best of luck spot Hall of Fame. We've been doing that. We, I, I can't even remember when best of luck spot started. Oh no, we started. Well, officially. we started. Oh, officially. Like oh. was it season one? Maybe somewhere. Oh, I'm I don't sure. even know. Well, because it's been with us since the apartment days. Oh yeah. We used yeah, to yeah. always talk about the best of luck spot. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's culminated, and we're gonna have a Hall of Fame. So you guys have been. I've been so proud that the 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 hashtag has been. You know, you guys have kept it going. It's great. We're gonna do the Hall of Fame. So here are a couple of. Bits about it here, just so you're aware. The nominations close on January 31st, and a nomination. What does that entail? That's literally just you tweeted us. Use the hashtag Best Luck Spot or Best Luck Spot Hall of Fame. You can use either one. Probably use both. That'd be a lot of fun. Use HOF. Yes. Okay. Best Luck Spot HOF, and um, just you know, put the clip in there. GIF if it's a video, whatever. What we're gonna do is we're gonna send out a Google Doc, a Google Drive Doc. It's going to be locked so you can't get in there and play around with it. Because I know, of course, we have nefarious people. No, we don't. It's only, but anyway, they're going to be numbered. All the nominations are going to be numbered in there. And what we want you to do is tweet back at us which, pick which of the best luck spots in there you want, whether it's number one, five, 15, whatever. Send us four of them. You get four. four and you can't vote for one twice. I mean, if you love it, I get it. That's awesome. I'm glad you love it. But pick three others and then tweeted us again with the hashtag with your four nominees we're going to cut the top five of your picks are going to be inducted into the we do it for the fans wing of the best luck spot hall of fame so there you go we are going to have other categories now these are going to be based off of um ones that we the hosts are going to be picking wait a second i'm not i'm not exactly clear five of their picks are going in the top five. The top that five. That get the most votes. Those are, those are all going in. Those are going in. Okay. We as the host, we have, um, we're going to have an automatic vote called a host pick them. So each of us, myself, Jason, Charlie, we can pick one and it goes in. If we, we don't have to use it, but we each get one that we can use. Then we have the Warrior Award. And this one's pretty special because it's one for fans who want to get involved. Is that the best way to describe That's it? That's it. Fans who want to get involved. And so that one can, 
well, you know what? We're a good example, a great example, and this one may win right now in the clubhouse. It's probably number one. The Brian Johnsons. I don't see what could beat it. <laughs> From what show was it? Uh, was shows a few ago. shows ago. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, but anyway, so I think that'll be a roundtable discussion. Right. Yep. Well, and then we all just come to an agreement or a, or a two to one majority. This one's a special one that um, that Jason came up with. It's called the the Don't Try This at Home Award. <laughs> And it's special because it's for the people who want to, you know, take wrestling into the backyard. Or, you know, somewhere outside of a wrestling ring. Who aren't wrestlers themselves. And want to do stuff. You know what we're talking about. Um, Anyone who jumps off their roof. Roof jumpers. They roof go, jumpers. They go to the top of the They're list. immediately... Like, like, <laughs> they, they get the VIP treatment. They will be considered. Um, and then there's the uh, Are You Not Sports Entertained Award. Which is for celebrities. Anytime celebrities want to get involved with wrestling, and, and it doesn't go too well, <laughs> doesn't go too. There are so many good classic nominees. There are modern nominees. There's so many good ones for this one that will um, that we will pick amongst ourselves, and those will go in. So there's going to be five that are going to go in from the fans. There's going to be one from the host pick them from each of us. So that's another possible three. The Warrior Award that'll be one. The Don't Try This at Home and the Are You Not Sports Entertained. And then what we'll do is we will. Um, we're going to have a special show that we will do. We'll record it like on a Sunday like we typically do, and we're going to release it on April 6th, 2019. That is the day before WrestleMania. That's going to have the winners. It's going to have all the people that are going to be inducted. It's going to be a really fun show, and then what we'll do is we'll release the, you know, the clips that correspond to these so you can see them after the fact you know, and agree with us or not. You know, it'll be fun. So that's what we're going to do. And there's a possibility there'll be, there might be more nominees. There correct? may be more categories. That's what I mean. More, more categories. I'm sorry. Yeah, there may be more categories that we'll add, but we will announce those accordingly. So, there we go. Exciting. Uh, exciting. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. This is a, an idea I wish we had had years ago. Um, hopefully, this can become an annual thing for us if it's popular enough. Right. Uh, so yeah, we're going to give it a trial run. Do something a little different. Yeah. I uh, Jason's Wombstone pile driver <laughs> currently. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> that's a good one, Jay. That was a really good one you posted. I know, like, it's great that the people, you know, they don't necessarily, if you see it, tag us so we can join the conversation if someone else puts something out there. Um, that, that's always good. I forgot. I think that came from Shane Helms. Ah. So, <laughs> so I saw that and I was like, yep, so that's some, one. So, and, some, so something like the Wombstone Piledriver, which wasn't even like backyard wrestling or like in a, in a, in a uh, real wrestling event, what category would something like that fall under that's a tough one so like much like whenever we see like man you're gonna put uh anthony hopkins up for best actor from silence of the lambs it's a lot of moxie yeah it's a lot of moxie (laughs) on your end huh they're gonna have uh, that's that's gonna be tricky but i would lean towards even though that's not technically um backyard wrestling it kind of fits the kind of because you inadvertently did the owen hart pile driver to somebody is there a ring in sight no (laughs) there there you go so, man, that lady eats it. It is amazing. She sells it really oh, well, yeah. too. Well, she you, you, sells it. <laughs> she sells it. Yeah. I'm so partial that dude, that that little man. I love that. Eating it. We. Oh, 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 okay. That guy, I don't know his name. I, I'm just, I was trying to remember. I don't remember his name, but in full costume, gets tossed on the outside and just smashes on the floor and just explodes. Yes. He didn't explode. That's awful. I thought it he, he, he probably wish he had. All right, um, let's talk Battle Bowl. Okay, Starcade '91. 
Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery, etc., etc. December 29th, 1991. Norfolk, Virginia, the scope, which would be the site of the invasion, the, 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 right. the DX invasion, many years later. So quickly, let's go through this. Number one movie is Hook, third week at number one, 15 million. Highest grossing film in 1991, Beauty and the Beast. Number one song in the U.S., Black or White by Michael Jackson, four, fourth of seven weeks at number one. Cool. Number one song in the U.K., Bohemian Rhapsody, slash These Are the Days of Our Lives by Queen. No coincidence. I believe this is the week for death. Yeah. So. And the uh, tribute concert. Yeah. With the Gary Sharon did. <laughs> uh, number one song in Australia. Eight weeks at number one. Black or White by Michael Jackson. That's a pretty good year. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good year. WCW champion is Lex Luger, the complete man. There it is. <laughs> The U.S. champion is Rick Rude. The WCW Tag Team Champions are Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Dustin Rhodes. I'm shocked. I thought they were going to get the belts taken off of them. I totally Be- forgot about that. I-, I thought, like, that show really, like, I thought Lance was going to tell us on the hotline that, well, it appears, fans, that the uh, belts are going back to the uh, Dangerous I, Alliance. I didn't even, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> we stayed up all night. He lied to us. <laughs> Uh, the IWGP Tag Team Champions are still the Steiner Brothers. The television champion is Stunning Steve Austin. The U.S. Tag Team Champions are the Young Pistols. The Pistols won the U.S. Tag Titles on an episode of Main Event, taped November 5th, but aired December 15th. And the WCW Light Heavyweight Champion is Jushin Thunder Liger. He won the title at a house show Christmas night, 1991, in Atlanta, Georgia. Go Braves, Merry Christmas. Police Navi Dad. <laughs> the WWF Champion is currently vacant. The WWF Intercontinental Ooh. Champion is Bret the Hitman Hart. The WWF Tag Team Champion is Legion of Doom. This would be the second recognized time that the WWF title would be vacated in its history. The other recognized time was in 1988 in the aftermath of the main event match between Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Why is it uh, vacant right now? Uh, this Tuesday in Texas. All that mess. Jack Tunney. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> he would not make in the tournament of presidents in the cinematic oh, universe. He probably would not make the tournament. Unofficially, the WWF title was vacated twice between 79 and 81. First, December 6th of 1979, after Antonio Inoki won the title in Japan, the title was defended in a rematch that went to a no contest after interference by Tiger Jeet Singh, representing New Japan Pro Wrestling. Inoki vacated the title in the aftermath. This is my favorite. The second time, October 19th, 1981, occurred when Greg Valentine was awarded the WWF title. By no, a... he wasn't. <laughs> By a stunned referee, despite Bob Backlund having won the match. The incident is acknowledged by the WWE, but the title ne- the title change is not recognized. The WWE continue to claim that Backlund had an un- uninterrupted 2,135-day uh, reign from February 2078 through December 26th of 1983. Uh, the, reason, <laughs> the reason I find this funny is that... Um, the referee literally was like, like I don't know, salt in the eyes, farted in his face, completely out of his elements. Just gives the belt to Greg Valentine, thinking he's the winner. That's what they did. Well, no wonder they don't count it. Like, it's not even... <laughs> a stunned referee, despite Backlund having won the match. <clears throat> so imagine that on TV. Backlund wins the match, but the referee, you know, like, just... Whoa. Oh, he hands the belt to Valentine. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so that counts. That's funny that that was a thing. But anyway, all right. I want to do a quick just. This is a quick background refresh on how we got to the end of the year here with this with the storylines and stuff since it's been a bit. July fourteenth, Luger won the world title 
And vac and that was at uh, the Great American Bash. Mm -hmm. Beat Barry Windham. He vacated the U.S. title because of because of winning that title. Sting won a tournament to become the new U.S. champion on August 25th, and this put Sting in contention for the WCW World Heavyweight title. Luger saw Sting as a threat, and he had Abdullah the Butcher and Cactus Jack attempt to injure Sting. On October 27th, Rick Rude made his return, and he made Sting his first target. Finally, at Clash of the Champions 17, Luger ambushed Sting and injured his knee. This allowed Rude to win the U.S. title from Sting later that night. So, 40 men broken up into randomly drawn tag teams to determine the first, to determine the final 20 men who will enter the two-ring battle, battle bowl, battle royal. Once all 20 men have entered ring one, they compete in a battle royal where the goal is to dump your opponent into ring two by throwing them over the top rope, screen left. If you are dumped out onto the floor, you may climb back in. You only have to clear the top rope of ring one to advance to ring two. These rules get a bit muddied. You, oh, will do notice, that. <laughs> you will notice later when we get there. The last man Don't of ring... The lead. <laughs> I feel like it made the show twice as long because I kept hitting rewind. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat and Arnie. Dude, what the... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> they literally go out of the ring. All right. And, and the referees... And the, uh, even the announcers are like, I right. think... Anyway. The last man of ring one advances to the final match for the Battle Bowl ring. Once you are in the in ring two with an opponent, you may eliminate them via the top rope on the three remaining sides, except via the top rope, screen right. Which would have been funny. It would have been like, oh, he got thrown to the... Into the other ring? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back you go. This continues until one man is left in ring two, who then moves back into ring one and battles the last remaining man from ring one until one or the other is eliminated. And for whatever reason, the referee decides to get in the ring then and there. <laughs> the winner is declared the Battle Bowl champion and addendum here later you know the number one contender they don't this is not a part of the show but the, the winner becomes the number one contender at super bowl two whatever so the question and it can be debated uh, there are many conflicting sources about this it seems like were the matches actually randomly drawn or pre predetermined there's been a there had been a threat about this that you know dusty didn't tell the boys and then he that he told the boys or that they knew the matches ahead of time but the wrestlers didn't, you know, all this stuff. Like, or they're, I don't know. I you tell me they legitimately drew names out of the. I don't believe it. I don't Here's believe why. that. Buddy Lee Parker tips it. He's yep. like, he stands up. Was like, already ready clearly, to go. Yeah, he was ready to go. And then he's like looking at Abdullah, like, "Hey man, you gonna hit me?" Uh we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, they go through the rules of Battle Bowl and the Lethal Lottery, and quickly, uh, and then quickly just shoot it up to Eric Missy and the commissioner of the event, Magnum TA. Poor Bischoff sets up a line for someone, maybe Magnum, that never comes. That or the pyro cue is late. We cut to a wide shot of the stage with all the wrestlers on stage and the pyro going off, which seems terribly unsafe. Yes. Like, I feel like The Undertaker, when he got burned against Jared, what was it? Uh, Remember he got burned like at the on the stage. Oh, at the chamber. Yeah. yeah. My jacket. <laughs> Shit. Or he just head filled it himself. Right. Yeah. Then we come yeah. back. To, we come back to the three shot of Eric, Missy, and Magnum, where the first names are drawn. The first uh, tag match is going to be Michael Hayes, Tracy Smothers taking on the team of Marcus Alexander Bagel and Jimmy Jam Garvin. <laughs> Jason. I, oh, first I would like to point out Jr. in 1991 said Happy Holidays. Oh, the war on Christmas. So the war on Christmas <laughs> dates back a long ways. James Ross. <laughs> that old dog. Anyway, sorry. Jason, take it away, buddy. Oh, well, great. 
Um, I'd like to point out, too, that the unsafe stage pyro, the pyro on the right-hand side does not stop, like, forever. If you go back and watch it, it goes on a full, like, 30 to 45 seconds longer than the other side. Um, it's funny because it's like those guys, like, we can't move. Um, it, it's pretty neat. Uh, but here we go. Even in the randomness, quote, quote, that is the lethal lottery, we still somehow get the free birds versus the wild-eyed southern boys. <laughs> so, just... Uh, and so I'm watching this match, and this is something that's going to be a problem throughout the night with the, most of the matches. is like So you've got teams of heel, like like teams that are combos of heels and faces, and so the crowd doesn't know how to react. And I'll give Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin credit. They are veterans of work in the crowd. So one of them goes, I'll start a clap. The other one goes, no, I'll start a clap. And then dumbass Buff is in the ring. He starts a clap. You can't have both teams try to start a clap in a match. The crowd can't get behind both of you. It's not fair. Jason, I um, wish you would have started a clap. But I will that say that, that Michael Hayes. Great. Oh well, he started we, that we, clap we, with bagel. <laughs> He's got the clap. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Michael Hayes and Tracy Smothers—they have an unfair advantage because they have an extra team member. It's that goiter or whatever the fuck it is that's growing off the side of Tracy Smothers. That thing is huge. Uh, I was waiting at any moment. Quato from Total Recall is just gonna pop out and tell Buff <laughs> to open his mind. Um, it's huge and it's unnoticeable. And I'm not, you know, if he had some kind of issue, I'm not wanting to make fun of it. Someone should have said, "Hey, man, maybe you shouldn't wrestle. It looks like you're going to explode at any fucking second." Maybe you need a Z pack. The good news is, is I've been on a Z pack now for three weeks because I've had bronchitis and I haven't shit myself on SmackDown once, so we're good. Um, but the commentary calls out the amount of stalling going on in this match and. If it wasn't noticeable enough, when your commentary team starts to bring it up, then that's a problem. Because then the people that might not notice it notice it, and they're just like, mm-hmm, can we get on with this? Uh, I'm all over Smothers for some reason, but because uh, he hears something in the crowd when he stands on the outside, and he didn't like what he heard. And the JVC headphones pick up of the night is Tracy Smothers pointing to someone and saying, you shut the fuck up. Right. It's great. I rewound it so many times to make sure I had my mo- I had the volume on like a hundred to hear it, and it, it clearly is. It's great. Um, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin DDT each other at the same time, and the universe collapses onto itself um, because it's, it's th- that that whole precious playing around with themselves thing was kind of annoying. Um, just do something. And Tracy Smothers is the first person I think I've ever seen to do a backflip over the ropes into the ring. It's really awkward. And uh, Buff Backwell finishes the match with a perfect plex. Fuck you, Buff. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Uh, this the match goes plex. To... I like that. <laughs> the bagel plex. <laughs> <laughs> the locks and bagel plex. I apologize, Jason. I stepped over. What was your rating? A three. Okay. Charles. I do want to uh, <clears throat> elaborate on, on something Jason just said. Uh, for those for those of you who watch the show uh, before we do a recording or after just to see what the hell we were talking about, it really is beneficial to watch these shows with headphones on. 
Uh, there are things that you just hear. I missed that one, unfortunately. But there's there's things that I heard that I was like, oh my god, like there's no way my TV would have picked that up. Uh, so I like the idea of heels and faces being teams. I actually give WCW a lot of credit for that. WWF um, ripped this off uh, about five years later or four years later during one of the Survivor Series. Uh, I, I, I think it was Survivor Series 95 where they had heels and faces on the same Survivor Series teams. And, you know, as a kid, I was like, oh, this is revolutionary. It's like, oh, WCW kind of already did it. Um, so uh, Michael Hayes gets the crowd clapping. And so he's he's playing his face role. Tracy Smothers just looks out at the crowd and yells, Ah, shut up! <laughs> just, uh, okay. I, I don't really understand that. Um, Jimmy Jam gives the atomic drop to Tracy Smothers, and he goes over the top rope, and very audibly, and you can even read his lips, Tracy Smothers hits the floor and goes, Ah, shit! <laughs> he's... He's on fire today. Uh, I did like the idea of, of Hayes versus Garvin. Um, I, I was, I did. I, I know. Don't give me. I'm that. not. You did. No. No. Oh, I'm thinking of their names. I actually like when you say their names outside of the Freebirds. Like it sounds like a good cop. Duo. Hayes and Garvin. <laughs> yeah, they're on the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> Southern. Thursdays <laughs> at eight oh five on TBS. Uh, my my favorite part of the match. Tracy Smothers does a. Uh, JR martial arts kick and a front row fan stands up Harrison Ford points his finger at the ring and, and yells you ain't shit this is Donald Trump's America now <laughs> we don't tolerate that uh, Michael Hayes uh, accidentally decks Jimmy Jam Garvin by accident you know just alright uh, the, the perfect plex and the thing that sucked about the perfect plex was and I begrudgingly admit this uh, Buff Bagwell did that move pretty well and i have to give him credit for that even though i was not a fan of seeing that especially in 1991 where mr perfect was arguably that was his peak year as far as i'm concerned um i gave i gave this match a five this pay-per-view for me might as well be renamed five out of ten i'm just throwing that out there opening matches cannot be this unbelievably slow no one wanted to do this. It seemed like no one wanted to do much in this match. And after 10 minutes, when we finally see the Freebird square off, it all amounts to a series of headlock takedowns and a tap of the N64 stick to pose. Smothers, to his credit, tries to get heat at points, but it amounts to absolutely nothing. This was not a way to start a show like this. 12 minutes, 45 seconds, how long this first match goes. I gave it a two. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> Maybe I was in a good mood. It's okay. It's okay. You have to Next drawing, and I, I'm maybe we can talk about this now. I'm not sure if Magnum TA knows what's going on. He has this look. I know he was he, in an accident, <laughs> and he had to retire. But there's no way he could have been this aloof, like when he was an active wrestler. It's that look. Just, he, I guess it's that look when he's putting his hand in the the thing to draw a name. He looks like he's looking at some guy. Like there's that motherfucker off screen. Like he looks like he's he's eyeballing somebody. Bischoff and Miss like Missy's got a hot mic and she doesn't know it. For most oh, yeah. of the night. Can you I guys... go take a shit now? <laughs> or whatever she says? I will, I'll let you guys handle it. But I remember <laughs> hearing it. And I was like, man, she just doesn't realize that thing's hot. Um, so our next match. It is Stunning Steve Austin and Ravishing Recruit. Two members of the Dangerous Alliance taking on Heavy Metal Van Hammer and Big Josh. Charlie. I wrote Big John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I... Big Josh Goodman. <laughs> 
Roseanne. Chicken Roseanne. Um, I was so excited when Steve Austin and Rick Rude were drawn together, and I'm like, oh my god, who are they fighting? Is it going to be like Sting and Vader? Is it, is it going to be just... Yeah. Oh, cool I, your jets I, I was so excited. Cool your engines. And they're like, Van Hammer! I'm like, alright. And maybe Ron Simmons? That would be kind of cool. That, Big Josh. Alright, I see where this is going. Um, I have never seen this before. Rick Rude's abs are so firm that uh, Big Josh standing on them and walking on them doesn't do any damage. I've, I've never seen... I don't think I don't think, I don't think Rocky works. Balboa could have done damage to his abs. The way he goes to the body... I, <laughs> no. No. He, could, he would just stand there as Stallone's punching. He's just doing the... Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Look at how awesome I am. I really like Pauly Dangerously on the phone outside because I'm just trying to figure out who he's calling. Is, is it the higher power? Like, 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 I don't know what's going on in there. It just sounds like he's getting barked at. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think there was a, a, a mention that it could have been Medusa. Still doesn't make sense. Um, what does that say? Oh yeah. Uh, what happens here? I wrote. Uh, Polly dangerously eats it from Austin. Did Austin accidentally? Oh the, the the that leg move uh, with the ropes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Ravishing Rick Rude hits the Rude Awakening. God, this this was very mediocre. Uh, but it was it's cool to see Steve Austin and Rick Rude teaming up together. Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. Uh, Jason, what'd you think? Um, well, I like that Rick Rude is wearing some of his WWF tights because his airbrushed face on his ass has his big perm. Um, <laughs> way to go. Wouldn't it be great if somehow he had Van Hammer's wife on there, it's like, how did you know? Yeah. How did you get that done so quickly? <laughs> yeah, because the lethal lottery. <laughs> How'd you do this? Wow. <laughs> He's that good. He's just got airbrush guy like on speed dial. So funny. Back. Um, so I like you know this weird team of, of Van Hammer and Big Josh. The '90s kid in me is going, okay, so we got a heavy metal dude and a dude in flannel. Here's the birth of grunge right here. Yeah. Um. But no, I know it's not. Uh, I call like to call Rick Rude's abs the adamantium abs because they withstand everything. It's not only does he he doesn't just not sell the double stomp. He stands up, starts doing the the Rick Rude pose, and he puts his hands behind his head. And Big Josh keeps hitting him, and Rick Rude's just looking at him. It just as like God, I miss that man. Um, then they do a cut to the back for the two locker rooms, and I was wondering why is Liger standing in the heel locker room. <laughs> Nobody told him. <laughs> right. And, you know, hey, man, the where's Justin Lager go? Yeah, yeah, Justin. <laughs> Justin Tony? Lightning Lager. Yeah, where, where is he? Thunder Lager. Like, that's his last name. Like, it's Thunder hyphen Lager. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Marcy Daldron Frost. <laughs> that's a great cut. Uh, wow. Holy shit. Uh, anyway. Uh, this, you know, like. I wanted more from, like you said, I wanted like better opponents. Um, this would have just been been great to to have a bigger face duo. And I mean, I get that Big Josh and Van Hammer were pretty popular, and of course we're looking at it back at it with the fondness of it being Rick Rude and Steve Austin. But it, it's hard to look at. But this was uh, just a little bit below mediocre for me, so I gave it a four. 
Um, slightly better in the previous match, but equally long and slow at times. Uh, really thought this was going to be much quicker in the favor of the Dangerous Alliance. Uh, but to their credit, they really do shine them up. They actually give Van so Hammer, good. they give them a lot, and they make them look really good. A couple of moments are, are comical, especially Rude no-selling the log roll and punches of the gut, but otherwise, pretty boring face versus heel tag match. Um, I end up giving this a three. I will say I do like, uh, this is the first, JR used to say this a lot in WWF when it came to a certain wrestler. I, I, this is the first time I've heard him say it in WCW. He points out uh, Van Hammer's limitations at one point. He goes, oh, there's not a lot of finesse. You know, it's just a lot of a lot of power moves. And it's and then, boom, shoulder block. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah, shit. Sorry, Jan. <laughs> um, all right, so as Jim and Tony talk more about the uh, the event as a whole, a fan boldly puts his sign for the camera to catch in between both Ross and Tony where they're sitting and lets Medusa know that he is staying in room 269 at the Holiday Inn with the keys under the mat. The, quickly, the police quickly... <laughs> Shoo this man away. <laughs> and I love how gentlemanly he accepted. Like, yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> shoot or shoot, buddy. Shoot or shoot. Uh, it was good. It was good. All right. Next drawing. We have Dustin Rhodes and Richard Morton. Uh, possibly the defunct Rope York Foundation. We don't get clear confirmation, but it's pretty much it's done. Versus the electrifying team of Larry Zabisco and Ellie Gante. Okay. So this match was half the length. Oh, by the way, that previous match was about, I think I wrote it. It is 10, uh, uh, nope, it, man, I must have missed it, but it's close. It's close to that 1245. Yeah, I think it's around I don't 10. Th yeah, I don't think it's as long. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit under, about 10. Okay. Um, this was half the length of the previous matches, and yet it felt as long, if not longer, at moments. On the surface, this should be what the Lethal Lottery is about. You put a big baby face, literally, and a big heel on the same team. It's just that when that face is elegante, there just isn't a lot you're going to do. Except wait until the inevitable meltdown between him and Zabisco. I'm not sure Morton does anything more than literally tag in, tag out, and dropkick Larry Zabisco. Dustin Rhodes hits a few signatures, but doesn't do much more himself. The match only goes just under 6 minutes, 5 minutes, 54 seconds. Uh, Rhodes and Winda, Rhodes and Morton pick up the the win after again they double drop kick Larry Zabisco. I gave this a two. Jason, what do you think of this? Um, they really go out of their way to make Elegante look like an idiot and sound like an idiot. The way that Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone talk about. Him. I mean, just think like a little less than a year ago about how much the Japanese people loved Elegante and how how he adapted to the culture and how he's picking up and learning English and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that Elegante, he don't speak a lick of English. How's Larry Sabisco going to communicate with him? Oh, because he's just a big, giant idiot. Um, I mean, you know, that's really the theme of the night is all of our wrestlers are idiots. Uh, but, you know, Morton doing the quick tag in and tag out is probably the smartest thing he's done in months. Uh, there's there's nothing to talk about in this match as far the match itself as far as Larry Zabisco constantly going, come on, come on. He I love our Larry Zabisco impressions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you hear, like because it's so oh, oh, oh. Uh, Tony. <laughs> yeah, the commentary points out how Elegante doesn't get Larry Zabisco points at his knee. He wants him to put his knee up, Jim, and he just won't do it. And then Tony Schiavone talks about how most refs will require you to have at least one foot on the mat 
and one foot on what is that legal tag and that randy anderson just allowed zabisco to make a tag with both feet on the ropes although two matches ago Jimmy Garvin tagged Buff Bagwell in while he was on the top turnbuckle, and Tony Schiavone goes, good teamwork there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here we go. I've I've belittled Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross for talking about Elegante like he's an idiot. You know, he steps on Medusa's hand. I don't know if that was a bit because of hearing Medusa scream. And then you see her slap Elegante's leg. They say it looks like she just stepped around. And then she stays away from him the rest of the match. Uh, but Elegante celebrates the fact that his team lost. So Tony and Jim were right. He is an idiot. And she gets a three. What did you think, Charles? Oh, boy. Um, my first note was Talkie Zabisco. Uh, he is, like, yeah. Yep, he's giving. I can hear him giving instructions in the ring, and he's basically just yelling at Elegante the whole time. Uh, Jr. does make a weird comment about, yeah, he's you know Elegante's been around a while, but uh, you know he still hasn't mastered the English language. A fucking retard. You know he just. He's just <laughs> that's how. I didn't. I didn't have my headphones in for that one. Was that, <laughs> that, well, that's. Like I got 2019 you. No, I got now? You. Oh, I got you. I got you. I that's did. the way it comes off. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, just like, stop treating him like an invalid. He sounds like a guy whose contract's expiring soon. Yes. <laughs> um. Jason, I know why Medusa yelled. Oh, because Medu- oh, that's a mystery novel. I know why. Medusa I, I know yelled. why she yelled. That's a great title. For my, like a, like a... Well, it's got a bad ending. Um, <laughs> so yeah, spoiler alert. Um, I rewound it because I heard her scream in my ears, and I had no idea why. Because she was taunting Elegante, and he wasn't really anywhere near her. Um, she backed into the cameraman. Mm. And and I think I guess I think her instincts told her it, it might have been, you know, a a, a potential fan, and from two sixty nine. Yes, from two sixty. It might have been him, <laughs> but no, it was the cameraman. And she turns around and glares at him. And he's like, "Sorry, ma'am." And then she turns around and he just keeps filming her. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Are they going to cut to his camera so that we can like see what he's seeing?" And yeah, eventually they do, but. He cut, like, that's why she jumped. That's the thing we're missing from this show, is what happened to Room 269 that night. I like Well, to... here's another thing. I haven't seen too many hotel rooms that have doormats. I was well, kind of more baffled by that. He put it under the doormat. I get... You get the doormat. I don't know if you... I, get, I guess you missed the slogan. Instead of, we'll leave the light on for you, we'll leave the mat out for you, is what Holiday Inn was using in 91. Wipe your fucking feet. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Um... Uh, the one one part that holy cow, because uh, it, it's funny Jason brought it up. I didn't write it down, but I'm glad you brought it up. Tony Schiavone points out that tag thing, so it's like I first of all I've never heard that rule. Uh, so he's being a stickler for something I'm not aware of. Maybe it is a rule, quote unquote. However, Larry Zabisco, who is not legal, gets pinned. <laughs> Tony, this <laughs> sucked. Uh, this was a three. Okay. Your good mood has gone away. <laughs> yes, yes. It, I think this is when the drugs wore off. Somewhere, somebody working at Target is just popping right now. Love you, Leslie. All right. Next drawing. Bill Kazmaier, the, the I, I believe he's now named the, the strongest, strongest... Human. Yeah, human. World, yeah, human. <laughs> and uh, Justin Thunderliger versus... Uh, the I would love... I would love a Spanish wrestler whose name was Justin. 
<laughs> Justin Sanchez. Because <laughs> it's such a, just a American name. <laughs> Versus Diamond Dallas Page Oof. and Mike Graham. <laughs> Jason, what did you think of this? Well, zero charisma Mike Graham can take all the excitement <laughs> out of the Liger match. What was Real. Mike Sanders' nickname? Oh, um, above well, average. Yeah, <laughs> we found below average. <laughs> yeah, we found the predecessor, <laughs> as we tend to like to do. Um, so, my big question is: How are we? How am I supposed to be into a match if the tag team partners aren't into it? Because Kazmaier oh, yeah. is just leaning over the top rope, <laughs> just like, when's it my turn? Like this, no <laughs> you know? He's like. Like, these steroids are going to run out any second, guys. I need to get in. Um, DDP, God bless him, still doesn't know who he is yet. Um, but, my God, it's fun to watch him, though. Yeah, that's that's the thing. He's, he's like, in there. Like, he's weird. He's walking with his back all arched. Maybe that's how he fucked it up. But uh, I've lost 12 pounds since New Year's Day because of DDP yoga, so I'm not going to make fun hey, of the guy. Hey, all right. <laughs> Round of applause. Are you eating yeah. differently? Or, or, like... Oh, dude, it's cheeseburgers all the time. Yes, I mean... Oh, you are eating differently. Okay, because I've been meaning to get back into DDP yoga. <clears throat> I'm uh, I, I like I never eat that necessarily bad anyway. So, mm -hmm. just uh, just one of those things. But anyway, back to the shit show that this is. Um, <laughs> hang on, I've I've got. Uh... Are you taking a shit? Okay, oh, okay. sorry. No, no. <laughs> Room two sixty nine. My... <laughs> Do you put tennis? <laughs> oh. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to. Whatever. For whatever reason, I had to like make sure I took this note without transferring to the next page. So it's one of those where my handwriting gets really small, and I put like three lines worth of stuff in one set of blue bars on my notebook paper. Um, I really got to go digital, like the green William Rinkin. But uh, then, but I don't get stuff like bagel. I misspell by words myself. Damn it. Um, we hear the what a what a three sixty by Thunderlager. But our cameras didn't catch it, so don't worry yeah. about him. And do we oh, get it? Recap? Nope, not even during the match recap. This fucking match, uh, it's a three. Oh god. Um, I have this note here uh, that before I get to my summary, I wrote, "Graham t can't take a head scissor and melt out of the ring." <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. Because, <laughs> all right. So this was this was lo somehow longer than the first two matches. And I hate to sound repetitive, but it felt all 13 the minutes that repetitive. it went. And it... Well, just to go with it, they keep letting us know that these matches each have a 20-minute time limit. If you have 10 matches that each go 20 minutes, that's 200 fucking minutes before you get to your battle. <laughs> and it still feels like they're rushing to get them to the ring for the final yeah. thing. Oh, but man, Capetta? Oh, he, he, yes. MVP. He I made, don't. I didn't catch a you know single what? mistake. Dark horse to get in the best of luck spot. Having to read all those names. Yeah, home. Oh, maybe. Ooh, maybe. Ooh. I'm just saying. Good anyway. luck to you. Uh, <laughs> um, I do want to give credit to Mike Graham because I laughed out loud when his name was called, but he hung in there and did a lot of work in that match. I'm not saying it was all good, but that guy was in there a lot, and Bill Kazmaier just, you know was Bojangles lazy over the top rope, just doing nothing. Um, unfortunately, this match is missing not enough Liger moments that either they didn't film or he just didn't do them. 
I didn't film. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, you need to have Kazmaier doing big power moves. That's what he's there for. So, sorry, I gave this a three. Well, I think the drugs must have kicked back in uh, around this point. I also wrote the Mike Graham can't take a head scissor. Uh, the the most impressive part of this match is not is something that Bill Kazmaier does, and it's not even a wrestling move. Bill Kazmaier skins the cat, which I was just floored when I saw that because you could tell that guy was actually pretty good. Yeah, I was really impressed by that. Um, Okay, let's talk about this move. This move has never made sense to me. I'm as... really sorry I went before you, by the way. I didn't realize I did. Dude, I don't. Even, I've, 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 I've never told you this, but to this day, I still don't quite know how it works. Like oh. when it comes to the second and third to, guy, I try to always go in the order: Jason, Charlie, me. Jason, Charlie, me. Whenever we're talking, like, or, or, or if, or if, um. Oh, but if so, if so, you start, then it's me, then Jason. And... I, I, tr I try. I, okay, I, but no, no, no. I'm not fine. consistent. Is the problem? Oh. It's fine. Ah, no worries. Um, like I said, this is a very cool looking move. But it has never made sense to me, and I'll explain why. I love the surfboard stretch. Mm -hmm. It's a, re it's really cool. I love the slapping of the, like the, the sides to get their arms to go back. That's really great. But the problem for me is uh, Jushin does this move to Graham, and Jushin's shoulders are on the mat. I don't understand how this isn't a cover. Is it because he's doing the move first? Like he's the aggressor? I'm. Because Roddy Piper tried to make this argument once with when uh, Bret Hart pinned him at WrestleMania 8. Piper said, I was the aggressor, kayfabe, I was the aggressor. It still should have been uh, a submission yeah. or a pin. I like this argument. I, like I, I, I kind of, I've all, ever since Piper said that, I was always very interested with that idea. Hey man, it's a judgment call. That's a judgment call. <laughs> WCW judgment call. <laughs> Do what, Jason? It's referee discretion. Referee discretion. Uh, Mike Graham, who is, he manages to outdo Terry Taylor in the, that guy just looks like a wrestling teacher department. Uh, <laughs> having said that, I kind of liked Mike Graham here. I, I actually wrote a note that he, I really thought he was holding his own with Liger. Uh, it was an interesting contrast of styles uh, with just a basic style like uh, Graham and, of course, Jushin Thunder Liger. Um... I'm sorry, guys. I gave this a six. It's okay. I Mike Graham honestly surprised me. I really was impressed by what he did. I can't believe I'm saying that, but Mike Graham kind of really stuck out on the show. He did. But, he did. Um, we get a promo for Super Bowl 92. WCW compares it to the World Series, uh, I think, and the Super Bowl. Okay, so I mentioned this uh, a few episodes ago. This is why. This is why it always confused me when I was a kid. Like, what is the WrestleMania for WCW? And you you think it's Starcade, but Super Brawl not only has the numbers next to it, like Super Brawl Two, Super Brawl Three, but they the if you watch this this promo, they they sell it like it's WrestleMania. It's just the name Super Brawl doesn't like it feels no, like a low. Not only that, but the fact that there's only two, and it's the it's their WrestleMania. It's like. WrestleMania was never like WrestleMania was big, but WrestleMania didn't become like the big thing for at least a few years. It's like you know what that really is their biggest show like every single year. Yeah, it just it just kind of happened. Like like they never said this is the granddaddy of them all at WrestleMania three. You know, right. but but Super Brawl two it's like the baseball has the World Series, football has the Super. We have Super Brawl. It's like yeah, you have two of them. Yeah, it just you haven't earned that. Starcade has absolutely earned that. Stargate <laughs> fucking predates WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, I, I, that's a pet peeve. I think right. it was just a conscious move. They wanted to move. I, I, they wanted I, to compete. They wanted to move away from Starcade being the show. That's so stupid. I love the idea of the big show being at the end of the year. Yeah, like I liked because it's and this is confusing. With this is why baseball is the best season ever because it, it all starts and ends in the same year. Yes, every other sport starts in the fall. Finishes in right. the next year, and and, and that, that and it's always a bunch. And movies is the same way when you're saying, "Well, one the 1995 Oscars." Well, those are the 94, 94 movies, movies, so you can't, you know it. That, but yeah, I, I always thought about that. All right, next drawing, we have Lex Luger and Arn Anderson. Lex Luger, the world champion, competing in this event. Why? It's hysterical. Taking on um, the computerized man of the 1990s, maybe still. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Maybe he's been firewalled, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you got a virus. <laughs> you got a virus. Terrence, <laughs> dude, you don't have malware, man. Shit. Versus Terrence Taylor and the Z-Man. Charlie, what'd you think of this? <laughs> um, with every succeeding show that we do, I I struggle to remember why I used to like Z-Man. <laughs> um, and I swear, I think it's just because of that match he has at Wrestle War '92. Uh. He is way too fast during one point in this match. And, like, I think it's with Arn Anderson. And he trips over him and just, like, he's supposed to bounce off the ropes, but he decides to go throat first into the second rope. And then he recovers. And and then Anderson just wipes him out. Um, Double A does... other like I think I've said this before. Um, the only person I ever thought that could compete with Jake the Snake Roberts' DDT is Arn Anderson. And the, the DDT he gives here is a thing of beauty. I love the way he made that look. Um, the, the most confusing part of this match for me is... So, uh, Terry Taylor is hot-tagged into the ring. And for whatever reason, the world champion, Lex Luger, is a little scared of Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor comes in, Luger's like, oh, no, 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 not, not that guy. And just, dude, it's, it's fucking Terry Taylor. Like, what are you worried about? I, I get it, you know, that you, it's supposed to make the other guy look strong, but they're so unequal, like, in terms of, of their stature in professional wrestling. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't even write down how it ended. I just know who won. Double uh, A and Luger, I gave this a five. What do you rate the match between JR and Tony in this match? Because it's pretty good. They get... This is when they, they start showing some teeth at each other. Remind me. All right. Uh, and I, 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 you know what, Jason, take it away, because okay. you may have this note, so I want you to go for it. All right. Um, does the Z-Man look smaller to you guys? Yes, he's off the gas. It feels like he's off the gas. Oh, yeah. Oh, clearly. He's off of something. Um, Lex Luger, with his continuing tradition of selling shittily, takes a drop kick by falling straight down. <laughs> It's like it, he takes it like he just had an aneurysm, and his whole nervous system just stops. He just goes straight, completely collapses on himself. Shirt's too um, tight. <laughs> uh, I've never seen like a multiple sunset flip attempt without with only one flip being taken. Whereas I think it's Z Man tries to like sunset flip uh, Arn Anderson or something or Lex, and he's just they somehow scoot from one end of the ring to the other, and there's only the one flip. If it had been a continuing flip. First of all, 91, that would have been super impressive. Um, but no. Uh, I think this is where you're talking about here, Will. Because uh, I want to ask, Charlie, maybe this will help jog your memory. If I were to say to you, bone in his cap, does that help you at all? 
what did what did he hit him in the head with his knee or something? No, he, like, it's oh. a, it, <laughs> go ahead, Jason. You go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, because I, I for yeah. some reason I'm blanking. Uh, it's something I forgot what they're talking about. But Shivani says, "Oh, he's got a bone in his cap." Oh, that. Oh, I yes. think. Jason, oh God. I think the context is they're talking about Luger being in it. If he wins Battle Bowl, that'll be like another feather in his cap. That's what he meant to say. But he says bone yeah. in the cap and take it away, Jason. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. So, but then Shivani goes, "No, no, like a bonehead." Like a bone. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Like, <laughs> come on, Shivani. That that'll put memes in tweets. Oh, gotcha. Even though I really didn't. Um, so Luger saved us from a Terry Taylor hot tag. So God bless you, Lex Luger. Um, which is weird, though, because they really don't know what direction they want to go with, with Terry. Like you said earlier, why is Luger scared of Terrence Taylor? <clears throat> is Terrence Taylor leaving? Is he going face with his fight against the... the? Who are they again? I forgot who they are because she hasn't come out once. The York Foundation? Um, yes. You know, like she's just she just doesn't exist. Um, other managers have come out with their people, and we'll see that non-managers will come out with people. Um, but one of my favorite parts of this whole match is the ongoing saga of Lex Luger's college performance. Oh, another Draft wrinkle. We get another wrinkle. Oh, this is great. I'm so happy you brought this up. Me too. Me too. It's like I hit it. Like it's it's not that I'm looking for it. It just hear it and. It's like you see these things so consecutively and you're not just overwhelmed by, oh, man, this is wrestling. I'm young. It's so cool. You hear the stupid bullshit that they say. So at this point, he was kicked. His GPA reduced to like a 3.5 or something last. <laughs> he out of school for disciplinary reasons. By the time we get to Super Brawl 2, his fast was going to be declined. And he's just never going to have made it to school. I, um, the thing that's interesting is he's he went to they say he went to Miami, right? Which Miami in the eighties is like notorious, like one of the most notorious universities. And I'm just curious, like I didn't hear about a lot of like a lot of those a lot of guys getting kicked out of there. I wonder what Luger did <laughs> to get kicked out of Miami. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I had a bad bad joke, but I figured I'd leave that alone. You know, Gillette razor ads and everything. Uh, um, I'm offended. <laughs> but uh, clearly the Z-Man did not know that this match was going to end when it was going to end. Because he comes in to break up the pin at two and a half. Because um, he just stayed and goes, oh, oh, that's me. That's my cue. Um, I'm sorry. I can't go there. But this match gets a four for me. Um so what's funny is like when Tony drops the bone in his cap thing, Jr. shows no mercy on him. Oh my god! And he eats him. It's but then Tony gets a receipt back because Jr. says, "Oh, Double A and Z Man, they feuded uh, earlier in the year." And Tony's like, "Well, actually, it was about a year ago um, that they they had their match, and Z Man took the title off of him." Petty Shivani. And and, and 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 there's a little bit of silence, and you can tell it's like okay. And JR's just wait. I'll get oh, man. I'll put my finger up. I give ass. you a receipt for the receipt for the receipt because it'll be coming later when they bring it back. But um, okay. Um, by far the best tag match we we've, we've seen yet. Only runs about ten minutes and that's perfectly fine. Taylor looks the best we've seen him in terms of energy and connection with the crowd. It's funny how into this he is, but that could be due that could be due to being you know a third or fourth wheel. Well, he's match. not restricted to the computer. I I don't and I also think it's because he doesn't have to carry the match. He's like the third guy in this. Like yeah. you got. Arn Anderson Luger over there, that's enough of the charisma. He can just kind of, you know, 
he doesn't have to worry about carrying the match. That's why, like, I think it doesn't come off as he's such a loser. <laughs> Taylor doesn't really function too well as a heel here, and maybe he's moving in the face direction with the trouble with your foundation. Luger does not seem really interested in being out there, which you can you can examine on a few levels. Perhaps he's not well conditioned. Perhaps he's playing up his new persona of being above all this as the world champion. But that kind of doesn't hold a lot of weight since he's competing in this to begin with. Or he's just being Lex Lazy and phoning it in until the Battle Royal. Regardless, his efforts are serviceable. Anderson the same. No one makes no one makes this match grind to a halt, and that might, that might be the best note of the night, and that others earlier should have acted upon. I end up giving this a five. Okay. Ross recaps all that all the people have qualified for Battle Bowl. Tony gives some stats about the last five matches and how the Steiners could end up facing each other. Um, I, I, this something that's not going to happen. Guys. We have a one in nineteen chance of uh, being the other's partner. I was like, please continue with the statistics, please. Next drawing. Here we go. Bischoff says, "Oh, I want to hold on to this for a moment." We get some more Missy getting caught on the audio, saying she doesn't know the camera was <laughs> earlier. By the way, she said, "Is it? Can I run now?" Yeah, that she said that. Here, what I heard her say was, "I think this is a shoot." <laughs> I bet Magnum has. I bet. Like a shoot as in a shoot or like a... Like... No, no, no. It's a shoot. Like it's a worker shoot. Oh, okay. That's what I thought she had. <laughs> and of course, Magnum, the commissioner of the event, probably. <laughs> he just stands there and nods like he's the one that doesn't speak English. Like, <laughs> he and Elegante bought <laughs> that morning and we don't know about it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah, there, you, there go. you go. You're doing the big trouble. Okay, okay. So the match ends up being all right. Here we go. It's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and uh, Special Forces, but whatever. Todd Champion taking on Cactus Jack and Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Okay. Let's take this through step by step here. All right. It was about time we had something like this happen on this show because up until this point, everyone who's been picked for match just kind of goes out, go, just went to the ring, and off we were. However. Abdullah the Butcher is not happy with the selection of Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker as Cactus's partner against Steamboat and Champion. It's not clear what sparks the incident or if someone was late or early with their cue, but Abdullah wallops Parker in the locker room and proceeds to bash his skull into the lockers before finally finishing him off with a broom that he breaks over him. Cactus rather enjoys the action while waiting in the ring and watching on, on the big screen. He's happy to see Abdullah walk down to the ring like nothing happened in the back. But the very fine referees and security inform Abdullah that this isn't the Royal Rumble and one cannot simply incapacitate a wrestler whose name is drawn and just take their place Get your ass out there. in the preceding match. <laughs> Abdullah takes this, takes this information in stride and calmly walks back up the ramp as if nothing happened. That is until he spots Parker, who has crawled out <laughs> <a target>. on <laughs> the stage. Abdullah takes his cane and bashes Parker's skull in some more before he is removed from the stage, or better said, removes himself. I encourage everyone to use the hashtag WhyAbdullahWhy to offer explanations as to why Abdullah so violently destroyed Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Meanwhile... Cactus decides to go it alone in the ring and engages Steamboat and Champion in a handicap match, faring pretty well at times, even hitting his signature elbow to the outside on Champion. The commentary is rather interesting here as they have they make reference to Cactus Cactus's bang bang taunt, specifically Tony Schiavone, Tony Schiavone saying, double bang bangers are the worst type. 
Mm. Both <laughs> both JR and Tony speculate as to when Abdullah was confused about what was going on tonight. The hottest take comes from JR, who proclaims Parker to be one of the most underrated wrestlers in WCW as the Sarge army crawls to the ring to a chorus of buddy chants. <laughs> Just as Buddy makes it to the far ring where the match is taking place, Cactus tags him in and then beals him into the ring so he can get an early start, to which Steamboat feasts on the poor Sarge. And despite Parker revving up the highway patrol, Steamboat hits a crossbody to secure the victory in a very entertaining match and a great follow-up to the Luger-Anderson-Taylor-Z-Man grouping we saw previously. This goes 7 minutes, 48 seconds. I end up giving this a 5 on an entertainment. That's an entertainment 5 is what that is, purely. Jason, what would you think? God, how do I follow that? You use the word feast. Um, well, I guess I'll give my shot. Bodily, body. Buddy, <laughs> buddy the body Parker. Body That's heat right. Parker. Body heat Parker. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm trying to come up with a name for him because clearly Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker is a member of the pre-crime unit from Minority Report because as he starts to stand up before his name is ever called and then sits back down, the only problem is Buddy Lee Parker, you're Colin Farrell's character in Minority Report because Abdul the Butcher's going to take you out before you least expect it. My question for this match is, why are Cactus Jack and Buddy Lee Parker being presented as the underdog faces? <laughs> Whose part has been taken out. And Buddy Lee Parker, God bless him, he crawls down the ramp like Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead 2 with one hand <laughs> and just pulling him across. That's why. And the crowd is so thirsty for Buddy Lee Parker. If this was today, this would be the beginning of a push. Yes. This would be like, hey, we're, we're going to take you. Great from- call going to take you from the lower card to the mid card this is what would happen that, that, that's what would happen um but this is you know this is more crazy because this turns into a pick your corner match because they just changed corners <laughs> for no reason no reason i'm sure rick steamboat's having a hell of a time with this because it's ricky steamboat you know he's he's great everything he's doing is there is looking fluid um todd champion you know he's there Great. <laughs> he's, he's there to get to take a, uh, a double elbow. Or as Tony Schiavone saw it, the hustler double banger of the month. You know, he got <laughs> just my God. Uh, but I was I was enthralled with this. Yes, I myself, which, you know, I was a Buddy Lee Parker fan. I was into him before it was cool. I'm a Buddy Lee Parker hipster. This match, I loved it. I gave it a six. I'm that's okay. Jason or Charlie, what'd you think? All right. Okay. So uh, I, I'll just read straight from my notes. Abdullah kills the little boss man. Uh, but I will say this. Buddy Lee Parker crawling to the ring. Um, you, we don't really see it. We just see him crawling at the end. And, and I remember thinking, did he just crawl the entire... What? Wow! Like, that's really good. Um, now this corner situation, so, so Parker ends up not at the opposite corner, but you know, like the, the, their actual corner is bottom right. But Buddy Lee Parker makes it to top right. Cactus tags him. And I guess that counts. You know, it's like, well, like, cause the, the old rule was hold the string. And I'm like, how long is that string? <laughs> Just, I guess as long as he has it, he can make a tag anywhere. Um... Wow, uh, I love JR's line, 
Well, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker has been decimated by Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> um, and I don't think we've we've really stressed the um, the intensity of this beatdown. It's ugly. It's really bad. I uh, this was a potential best of luck spot of the night. You have to get a beatdown from Abdullah the Butcher, and. There is a couple of times, it reminded me of Jerry Lawler's beatdown of Bret Hart at King of the Ring 93 with the scepter, uh, and how painful Bret described that. He, he, I mean, he's he's hitting, Abdul is hitting the ground with like the cane, you know, to make it look like he's hitting him in the head with it. But a couple of times, I, I, I think he misses, and it just waffles him in the head. It looks so bad. The thing that doesn't make sense to me about Abdullah the Butcher as a character is he's clearly like supposed to be unhinged, just a complete madman. You know, he's crazy. But his weakness is referees. <laughs> that's where he draws the line. It's 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 like that's where he kind of snaps out of it and becomes a normal human being for a bit. Oh, yeah, I guess he's you, like Bob from accounting all of a sudden. He's, yeah, I guess you have a point. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in this match. Um, I, I, I gave this, I, I, I enjoyed it just as much as you guys did, but I, I, I rated it far less. I gave this a three. That's okay. Uh, it's fine. It's not that good of a match. I, I, it, it, these probably, you said, Cactus does so much work. He has to. He does. And, and, yeah. But, um, next drawing. Here we go. Sting and the aforementioned <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher. Come on back. Taking on Flying Brian and Beautiful Bobby. Jason, take it away, sir. Beautiful Bobby is the Wolverine of early WCW in the fact that he claims to be a loner, but he keeps just joining different groups because he's part of... <laughs> great, uh, great. I, I mean, Wolverine was part of Alpha Flight, All Incarnation, X-Men, The Avengers, <laughs> West Avengers, Marvel Knights. Just, I'm a loner, Gene. I've got to go to my group meeting. Um, but he keeps showing up. And it also, I, I mean, I would like to go back and revisit why Beautiful Bobby joins the Dangerous Alliance. He was doing pretty good for himself. He's just, I don't know, man. I guess it's part of living on the dark side. Um, but let's, like, my frank, my favorite thing about this match is it's right off the bat. It's partner versus partner. Um, but this, this is a perfect microcosm of every Sting storyline. Because Ting's partner betrays him before the match even started. <laughs> I wrote it too. He, Abdullah broke the record. <laughs> it's Ting betrayal. Uh, so we get another apparently fantastic feat that we will never see as Brian Pillman body slams Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, but we just have to take Jim Ross's word for it because he did it. He did it. He certainly did, folks. My God, he picked him up twenty feet in the air. Um, and it's just uh, beautiful. Bobby is from the dark side. He's like the shield. He don't give a fuck. He just attacks whoever he likes. Sting goes for a tombstone, but beautiful Bobby blocks it by not wanting to die and puts his hands down. <laughs> so I hope whoever has got to face the shell of the Undertaker this year at WrestleMania watches this match and realizes you can you can counter the tombstone power driver with a fucking handstand. Just <laughs> hey. That would be an yeah. awesome. If escape. Kurt Angle had done that and then turned it into an ankle lock. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but just like the thing is, is Abdullah the Butcher looks really disappointed that his team wins because he didn't want to have to wrestle again with his fat, lazy fucking ass. But you know, Tony Shivani then just goes, maybe next year we'll have a 
we'll have a mental test and not like psychotic people into the battle bowl. But Tony, if you outlaw psychotic people from battle bowl, only outlaw psychotic people will be in battle bowl. This clusterfuck is a two. Yeah. If we if we outlaw psychotic people from the battle bowl, it's just going to be a bunch of Terry Taylors. I do with psychos. It's just going to be a bunch of Terry Taylors. Like it would be awful. It would be bland yeah. and boring. Um, what are we fighting for? They haven't told us yet. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine if the Undertaker had Rey Mysterio in a tombstone and he did the Hurricane Rana and Undertaker stumbles into the into ropes. the ropes <laughs> instead of the six one nine? I'm talking 2019 Undertaker too. Oh, you go. Oh shit! <laughs> He just falls through the ropes out to the... <laughs> Did he pull a Mike Graham and just phase through them? Suddenly <laughs> out the All right. Uh, Charlie, what did you think of this? Uh, my first note was, one of these things is not like the others. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher. Why does he wear these tights or whatever you call them, these pants, that actually make his his breasts basically just <laughs> pop up? Like It's like the biggest push-up bra. Like, that's what he's wearing. He's wearing a, an enlarged push-up bra. And he just, I, I've never understood this costume. Um, of course, I wrote Abdullah wastes no time in betraying Sting. And uh, I wrote that this was the most predictable Sting betrayal of all time. Uh, there was nothing surprising about that. Uh, Pillman has a receipt for Abdullah. <laughs> okay, I, I don't remember what that was. Uh, uh, yes, uh, the camera it's missed. for the push-up, bro. He has a receipt Maybe for that it. was. <laughs> you gotta take it back. I know you bought one. <laughs> The body slam. Uh, okay, uh, so I have I have my own take on this Sting tombstone. I wrote that he he out Kane's Kane with his with this tombstone, uh, and I don't mean like modern day Kane. I mean when Kane first started doing it and how just shitty it looks. Uh, this it's no good. It's no good. Um, the psychotic line. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, I thought this was weird. Uh, it, this match has the exact same finish as the as the steamboat match it's they both of these matches back to back and with cross bodies off the top rope you know my favorite part is when bob eaton tags in abdullah the butcher it's like why not let's <laughs> see <laughs> <like> what happens <laughs> um yep i gave this a five okay uh, we finally get Sting and his partners Abdullah. There may not be anything more frightening than seeing a cheerful Abdullah the Butcher scamper toward you with a smile on his face. <laughs> he wallops and destroys Sting here and throughout the match, which creates an interesting, hilarious at times, and dumb dynamic where Pillman won't attack Sting, but will beat up on Abdullah when he's attacking his partner, Sting. Bobby can't stand Pillman, and at one point tags in Abdullah, to which the referee has to make a judgment call. And then Cactus has to betray his friend again on accident. Overall, it's strong storytelling for Sting taking into account that, you know, the beatdown he receives is, you know, going to stack the odds against him later when it pertains to Battle Bowl. This goes just under six minutes. I gave it a five. I was actually a little nervous for the security people trying to break up Abdullah and Cactus. That that looked dangerous. Yeah, somebody's getting their ear off or something. Hmm? What, Jack? One of the security guys is laughing. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's Trump's buddy from WrestleMania 7 <laughs> hey buddy you want to come in and make 20 bucks like, it's probably some guy off the street <laughs> it's Michael Cohen then they call, what did they, they call them their t-shirt security like so are they these are they say our t-shirt security so I get is there a difference in, in rank so if you have a blazer you're like higher up and you don't have to get in there or, or what 
Okay. Thanks. So, <laughs> I love. I do love the. We need to eliminate psychos. I love that line. Big fan of that line. Next drawing. Here we go, Charlie. We have Rick Steiner from Motown. I hope you just have a note on that. And the Night Stalker, in place of the injured Diamond Stud, taking on Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes. I think uh, I took more notes on this than any other match. Oh, and, good. Um, so let's let's dive into this. The Motown thing. Um, I did not take a note because I knew I would just remember it. What? <laughs> Like, because my immediate thought was, I'd love for Scott Steiner to be introduced from Motown. Yeah! Guess what? Yeah, guess what? <laughs> um, did Vader leave his mask, like, at home? He left it in Japan. Yeah, is it, like, it, it just, I love this guy. He's great. It's not the same without the mask. It's just not. He has it next show. Uh, I've okay, seen it. Okay. He's got it. Um, I did write that the Diamond Stud... He looks ridiculous in wrestling gear and an arm sling. <laughs> Why did he change into his wrestling gear? And you you would have to use your arm to get out of your clothes and into the wrestling gear. So basically what it looks like is a guy with boots, underwear, and an arm sling. <laughs> and, and a spit girl. Yeah, or a toothpick. <laughs> Um, it took me a second to figure it out because he was much smaller, but uh, the Night Stalker is Brian Clark. Okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, Night Stalker, wasn't that the name of the villain from Cobra? Uh, the Night Slasher. Uh, Slasher. Okay, Night Stalker is the real one. Wow, that's kind of insensitive. Uh, okay. Watch your eyes, pig. Watch your eyes. Awesome. Uh, awesome villain. This, this match, at one point, becomes JR's wet dream. All four of the men in this match are former football players. And he runs through every single stat that they have. And it's it's awful. Like it's it's really bad. He, you can cuz you can tell how excited he is about it. And Rick was only a high school player. Right. Player. And that's the thing. He's he's pulling I used to play basketball. <laughs> can you imagine me playing basketball? They used to dunk on me all the time. <laughs> Um, I, I I thought Rick Steiner. This is one strong bastard. He's really strong. Get ready for next show. Yeah, okay. You, it's incredible. His like strength. this, like that's the one takeaway I really have from this match is I don't think I've I don't admit, it's not my fault, but I don't think I've really given Rick Steiner enough credit for for what a, what a good presence he is in the ring because he's just so overshadowed by that personality of a brother that he has. Um. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Mr. Hughes, I'm, I, I'm so used to seeing him as a manager. Uh, I, I think I've very rarely ever seen him wrestle. And it wasn't until this match that, Will, I thought of you, because you, when we play Revenge, you constantly pick Scott Steiner with sunglasses on, and it always makes me laugh. Because it just looks so dumb to me. And I, and I used to always say, no one wrestles with sunglasses on. And I see Mr. Hughes. And I was proven wrong. Um, uh, mark my note out. This is the exact same Okay. Thing. Okay, good. Because I'm glad... Because I don't remember other matches that Hughes was in. But to see a guy wrestling with sunglasses on... And then I think Tony Schiavone actually makes a comment about it. Like, you know, that's that, that can't be safe for the other guys. He should I'm take those sure off. I'm pretty sure he always wears sunglasses always. going forward. Yeah, and as he should. It looks yeah. great. 
for his character and that face that he makes. He looks like that guy who just goes toe to toe with Batman in the '89 one. Oh, that guy oh, who yeah. just like, won't go away. Right. And like finally, the guy like, goes head first into the bell. Yeah, yeah. Like he finally has to really <laughs> eat it at the end. Like Batman's like, all right, this is the old no That's kill enough. thing. I've had enough. <laughs> I'm really done with this scene, bro. Um, okay. Ne okay. So this is a double note. Um, all of a sudden, uh, the referee and Jr. become. Or I'm, no, I'm sorry. It's just Jr. All of a sudden, Jr. becomes concerned about rules, and this is something I've noticed. Um, how is it that Jr. and the ref are always in sync with the enforcing of a tag rule? Like, oh, he didn't make a tag, and then the ref picks up on it just like he does. It's it, it's 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 always like they share a brain sometimes in these or matches. Maybe a... Oh, maybe you no that that can't. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You think he can hear the commentary? <laughs> I'd be <laughs> laughing my ass off. Referring bone in his cap. Bone in his cap. He checks him for bone. <laughs> no. Um, Nick Patrick didn't even fucking see Vader tag himself in. He didn't even see it. And Vader just comes in and Vader doesn't even do the, the great heel. Like claps his own hands. Yep. Hey, that sounded like a tag. Nope. It's just whatever. No one gives a shit. Um, oh, here we go. I, this is another nominee for best of luck spot of the night. Oh, I know. The finish. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So Brian Clark, oh I just have to ask: Is this Brian Clark's first match? <laughs> Brian Clark is flat out on his back, and that's fine. That's perfect. But for some reason, he decides to start getting up. And Vader, no, no, no. <laughs> Vader does a splash right on top of Brian Clark's head. Like, as it's, like, leaned over. And, yeah, that puts an end to that. But here's the best part. There's this double pin that happens here. Who the fuck knows who's legal? It doesn't really seem to matter. The, the quote-unquote, legal people truly are um, Vader and uh, Brian Clark, even though they're not. But that's who Nick Patrick just decides are legal. So, Rick Steiner is on the other side covering Mr. Hughes. The ref is nowhere near Mr. Hughes' shoulders, and yet Mr. Hughes still kicks out at two. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part of this match. It's like, Nick Patrick's all the way on the other side of the ring, counting counting down Brian Clark. Mr. Hughes must hear the, the mat being hit, and just, I guess I should kick out. And just, Dude, you're... He doesn't even think you're legal. <laughs> just Very fine officiating on both sides <laughs> on of the ring. Both sides of the ring. It's incredible. God damn. Uh, I fucking loved this match. This was a blast because of how fucking stupid it was. I gave it a seven. Jason, what'd you think of it? <laughs> Good lord. Uh, also, Charlie, your comment. Should I check it for bones? No bones. <laughs> <laughs> How is he standing up? He's got no bone. But, uh, you know, my thing, why did the diamond stud come out if not cleared to wrestle? And also, I'm upset I didn't get the check for the double D spot on his trunks because it never got close enough. It's breaking our streak. Uh, but, you know, the best part is, is they call Mr. Hughes' name. He's still sitting there. Yeah. He's not getting up. Yeah. Someone's got to say, hey, big man, it's your time. Oh, I'm not the big cat? Okay. Uh, <laughs> he entered himself twice. <laughs> he's like Mick, he's the Mick Foley of WCW. <laughs> 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 he's, 
Oh no, Big Cat and Mr. Hughes are both in the Battle Bowl. How will they eliminate each other? He just comes out painted halfway down, wearing that god-awful red poncho he would wear. Um, so this is just more proof that this is WCW Starcade 1991 Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery, colon, all of our competitors are idiots. It's just more, just, uh, just, it's so bad. I, I, where it seems like, Charlie, as much as you were enjoying it, I was getting more annoyed with it because it's a lot of this. I mean, I get some of this would it would be great, but it's just and it's the wrong people when they do it. It's it's so much crap. Um, just which part are you talking about specifically? Uh, from the point the bell rings to the point the bell rings. <laughs> well said. Um, well put, sir. Because it, it's it's this whole like I'm excited about the Vader versus Rick Steiner. I really am. But you don't get a whole lot of it. I mean, you just, you know, you get the, the one or two big spots. But, you know, they really, pre- like, one thing I guess that also ticked me off is they kept teasing we might see Steiner versus Steiner. And that would have been really cool. And you don't get it. Um, and the fact that, you know, the, it's just a big wet fart of a match. Um, and poor Night Stalker with his, both his broken shoulders for taking that Vader's bomb. Uh, God bless him. Maybe that's how he got so big, as he had to take steroids to heal from that. But I just gave this shit two. Okay. Oh boy. Um, there's nothing particularly Night Stalker-ish about the Night Stalker. He looks like a big jobber. Uh, Rick Steiner more than gets his stuff in against Vader and Hughes, and uh, on Vader and Hughes, and he looks like a monster. I almost question if Vader needed to look that vulnerable, but he gets ramped up in a few months anyway. It's something I keep noticing throughout these shows. Like, man, Vader is selling so much. But I forget, like, they don't... It's like they flip a switch, and you're like, no, you're the most dominant thing ever. That's coming in a few months, I guess. Night Soaker gets a little fresh and hot tags himself in. Except he doesn't notice that Vader gets tagged in, and Vader wallops him. Whoops. With two massive lariats, and then the big splash that Night Soaker tried to get up during, which didn't fare well for him. Despite Rick's bulldog on Hughes, the Night Soaker's pinned in a quick tag match that finally finally felt like a come down, albeit not a bad come down from the previous match. It's five minutes, five seconds. I gave it a I gave it a four. I gave it a four. We get another plug for Super Brawl. It's the same one as earlier. Uh, the next drawing, here we go. Scott Steiner, also from Motown, and Firebreaker Chip taking on the combination of Johnny B. Bad and Arachnaman. All right. Arachnaman, by the way, might be the most excited of anyone ever selected. He bolts out of that. He is pumped. I can't believe Marvel didn't come after them for this. They did. Ah! (laughs) So it's Brad Armstrong. Yet another gimmick for poor Brad. I think Brad's had... The Delivery Man? or like, Well, he was Candyman. Candyman. Then, then he it. was Fantasia. Then Bad Street. They changed the name. and he's, then He's versatile. Yeah, he is versatile. Marvel immediately was like, we will sue you. Stop. They should. And that... This is... <laughs> All right. The problem with having Sting and other stars wrestle near the middle, the middle of the set of tag matches is that you get matches like this where the crowd has mostly checked out until the Battle Royal. If you're in the audience or watching us at home, the only thing you're holding on to is Scott Steiner and the possibility of a Frankensteiner. And you're kind of hoping it's against Arachnaman, who is the once rebranded Brad Armstrong. I'll give you one guess as to why this gimmick doesn't last. We just talked about it. It should be said that Johnny B. Bad, the face turn seems to be working because he does receive some pops from the fans and even a faint chant of his name during the match. 
Unfortunately for everyone watching this match, Scott Steiner is wrestling in one move, one move tag out mode, which leads to a lot of chip slow spots that even JR is confounded by. The high spots of the match are when Scotty go when Scotty goes into big papa pump mode and screams after high impact moves, screaming, Come on, chip! Come on, chip! Commentary gets into passive aggressive mode again with Tony going uh going going through the road um he's going through this he does this he's not just a bad man he's a badly hurting man in reference to johnny b bad which leads to an awkward pause and then jr sliding in with is that like a bone in your cap jr also <laughs> makes a comment about scott steiner not missing a workout <clears throat> ever even on the day of his bicep surgery <laughs> scott steiner was in the gym finally this this is the moment. Jr. says, "I don't know if we have anyone who can get to the top rope as quick as Arachnaman. I guess he forgets that you know you have a guy on the roster named Flying Brian or Jushin Thunderliger. Unfortunately, Arachnaman is not that exciting in this match and does very little that is aerially exciting. And his best spot is probably not executing a rear chin lock, which everybody seems to keep coming back to in this damn match. This is the very definition of second screen viewing. This match." It goes 11 minutes, 16 seconds. Uh, thank God Arachman gets like blindly walloped by a Scott Steiner line. Uh, Scott teases us with a Frankensteiner, but he kind of pulls up and does a belly-to-belly -belly for the win. I gave this a three. Jason, what would you think? Well, bitten by a radioactive jobber, Peter Parker becomes Arachman, <laughs> a CW wrestler from Web City. Really? They say from Web City. City. Web City. Come on. It's, the one thing that really kills this Arachnaman outfit, other than the god-awful colors, is like the painted-on Charlie Brown hair at the top. <laughs> like, it's really, really bad. But let's get to the match, uh, because Chip is too big of a dude to be doing Japanese arm drags. It doesn't look right. This guy is pretty big. Um, and he looks freaky because he's got that real big body, then a baby face, but then a balding hairline. So it's it's crazy. Um, like, what's going on with this dude? Chip also takes almost takes himself out with his, we'll call it a moon flop instead of a moon salt, because he almost just right on his chin in reverse. Um, and then we got uh, just Scott Steiner teasing this crowd with yet something else that will never come the fucking Frankensteiner that doesn't happen. But he does knock the shit out of Arachnaman, which just leaves, uh, you know, Arachnaman going, Mr. Steiner, I don't feel so good, and then turns to dust. <laughs> never have to see him again. Uh, <laughs> it took me a second. Oh, I, I got it. I, I, that was great. <laughs> um, but just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, time to re-edit Scott Steiner in the Endgame trailer. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> He's just on the boat with that no pepper. And it's not even sad. He's just like, you going to suck my dick or what? <laughs> <laughs> haven't yet to see it yet, Charlie. I sent something to the, the Twitter from Impact just a couple weeks ago. They've got this sex pot character, Scarlett Brujeau, who's supposed to be like, they're doing like. Was this the, the lap dance with Scott Steiner? The Scott Steiner lap dance. Yes, I did watch it. I thought. <clears throat> And they're just, ugh, like, that That can't have been fun for her. No. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, I'm just mad at Scott Steiner because we don't get a Frankensteiner. And you figure with a dude like Brad Armstrong in there, it would be something. Man, that would be someone who I would want to do that to because they're going to make it look like a fucking badass event. We never get it. Um, I give this match a four. Charlie, what'd you think of this? Man. That good, huh? Um, that's better than you guys' review. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, wait, oh wait, it's better than our review? No, 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 I mean, it's higher. It's like, that, not that it's better, no, it's not going to be better than Will's. Um, I mean, in all honesty, like, well, as soon as I saw Arachnaman, my first thought was, oh, who wouldn't want to see this Scott... This is the first meme I ever made wrestling related. It was It was after WrestleMania 30. It was after Taker's streak had ended. And I was saying that me, Mark Callis, ended Arachnaman's undefeated streak on main event. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw him coming down there, and my first thought was, oh, who wouldn't want to see Scott Steiner eat this guy? Like, I couldn't. Come on, Chip! I, I wanted Scott Steiner to just murder him. I really did. I was like, like this better be good. Um,. Scott Steiner does a a spine buster to Johnny B. Bad, and Steiner gets up and does one of the one of those, and he goes, "Fuck that!" Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I love Scott Steiner." Um, okay, you mentioned it, but I have to I have to mention it because it's my last note. Because uh, I I just I, I actually yelled at my television uh, when Tony Schiavone says, "He's not just a bad man; he's a hurting badly man." Without even thinking, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> shut up!" Like, I, I got really angry. Like, it was just... And I love Tony Schiavone, but that is so fucking lame. Um, the reason I gave this match the rating that I did is simply because of Scott Steiner. And not... If he had given a Frankensteiner, it might have been a little higher. But the spine buster, the double underhook, the belly-to-belly, like, the overhead belly-to-belly. I love his power moves and the way he does them. I think Scott Steiner... You know, like I can't remember who who tweeted at us that one time that that, that they they weren't sure if they were going to like our podcast because uh, the fact that that we um, give Scott Steiner a lot of praise. Somebody said something like that once, and and yeah, like Scott Steiner, like of course my favorite thing is when he's not even wrestling; it's when he's when he when he's on the microphone. But you know, people I really think forget he was a great wrestler at one time. Like, this version of Scott Steiner, I would actually kind of like to see this, like, get a singles run. But, you know, anyway, I love that guy. Um, I gave this a six. Okay. Well, Jason has the final tag match here. It is the uh, it is Ron Simmons and Thomas Rich. I don't... I guess Thomas he's... Rich, uh, he, he, he can easily afford what looks to be a lot of food. Man, versus uh, Steve Armstrong and PN News. Jesus, <laughs> who's the baddest man in the match? Mm. <laughs> oh, Wi-Fi Tom Rich, because he's one spaghetti buffet from finally transforming into the big dog. What? That's Hi, what... Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, watching this match. Uh, at you know they, they, the whole night, this is the last tag match. You would expect it might be something that would burn, be burned down, you know, real fast trying to win because whoever wins is immediately got to be in the battle royal. They get no time to rest. Oh no, not in the world of WCW. You get some crazy ass bad logic with Ron Simmons being upset when Tommy Rich tagged him in. 
even though Armstrong had just been choked uh, by his own tape by by Steve or sorry, Armstrong had choked Tommy Rich with Tommy Rich's own tape, and then also beat him down a bit. Um, that's why you have a partner, Ron. You were just in a partner uh, tag team for a long time called Doom. Uh, you get in your ass kicked, you, you tag in so that maybe you can get a moment to rest. But uh, this is there's a great line that Tony Schiavone says, and I'm only taking part of it because of the tone. You know, Jim, of all the matches we've seen tonight, this is the 10th one. It's the line that he says, and then stop. He pauses, and then he gets ready to go in to talk about something, and it, it just doesn't. Uh, the beginning of, of course, the beginning of the match, PM News is refusing to uh, to hit, I think it's Ron Simmons or Thomas Rich while Steve Armstrong's got him holding, and he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to have a cheap shot. We're seven minutes in, and he's like, yeah, hold him down. I'm going to kick him while he's on the ground, PM News. Um, just it's, it's going. Jim Ross even says every match has had its problems. He really is the greatest player by play of all time. He's just bringing it up. This was so just a, a shit into this um, night. You get Ron Simmons, who the crowd is super hot for. He barely gets to do anything. I do like that Thomas Rich is really turning into Hollywood Thomas Rich with his fake beard and his blaze blonde hair. Uh, but still, the thing I'll what was that, Jason? I'm sorry, what was the last part? Was that your rating? Uh, a three. A, th- a three. A three. Okay. Okay. Jason, I'm oh, sorry. Charlie? Oh, what? Charlie, what'd you think of it? Yes, I'll go again. <laughs> <laughs> In case I wasn't clear. <clears throat> Thomas Rich is one spaghetti buffet. <laughs> Why are they doing the lethal lottery here? Like, with the spinning? There's only four left. And PN News clearly knows he's one of the four. Like, was anybody invited that didn't wrestle? <laughs> I don't know. See, that's a they, good question. I didn't. They, I didn't look at the the also the camera like in the locker. Oh, I did. I was looking. Did you see anybody who Scott Hall? Okay, that's it. Okay, everyone else was on. The, I'm sorry. Was if you, Vincent Vegas in there if, by if, chance? If you have time to fit in Arachnaman, <laughs> then everyone's getting in. Uh, this was so dumb, and and. Uh, Magnum TA. They... <laughs> He's too busy about becoming Tessa Blanchard's stepdad. The, the, the lights are on. Nobody is fucking on. <laughs> no, like, he, just, he doesn't even notice. He's just like... smiling. look on his face when he draws a name. It's like he doesn't want to... It's like he... He's thinking like, oh, I can't look at it as I'm drawing because people will think like it's rigged if I'm looking at the name. I'm, deli-. you know what I mean? I don't know if he's thinking that because he has this look off camera that is just weird. Yeah, I think I caught him looking at Missy a couple times. And I think Bischoff's looking. at him like, dude, what are you looking at? Yeah, yeah. Bischoff, I'll say this: he he saves all of this. Yes. Uh, Bischoff doesn't get enough credit. Um, Missy Hyatt, who has a great personality and she's a lot of fun to watch a lot of the time, uh, she's terrible here. Like, like she's. Like she just has this look on her face, and <laughs> and Bischoff is trying to get them excited. Yeah. And Missy kind of goes up and down a little, a little, little bit. Magnum TA is always at the same level. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like Shaquille O'Neal during those like those those round tables on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a good time. Or at least the way Keenan Thompson makes fun of him. <laughs> You know, just just makes him seem like just a completely bu- a complete buffoon. Um, okay, so let's see. 
the cameraman, because this is what really sold it, the cameraman really wanted PN News to be in this match. Because it's not just that PN News stands up and he's waiting to be called on. The, before his name is even announced, the cameraman actually zooms in on PN News and just holds it. Like, it's him, right? He's, he's going to get called, right? And it's just like, uh, all, all right. Um, <laughs> Tony actually does point it out. He actually points out the idiocy with PN News being the last guy. And, and with him just kind of waiting to hear his name called. Because he's just standing there like, they're going to say it, right? And, and well, yeah, of course. Um, okay, let's bring this up. I want to talk about the Young Pistols for a second. Like, Armstrong and Smothers. Um, I think I know why I don't like them very much. Uh, they never look to me like they actually have clothes on. <laughs> and maybe it's the tights they're wearing. I don't really know. They always look almost naked. <laughs> And Imagine if they had the arm sling on. Oh, yeah. Well, then they'd be clothed. <laughs> they'd be all right then. Um, I, I wrote, Ron Simmons deserves better. He absolutely does. I hate that Ron Simmons got stuck in this shit. And I hate that this is the last tag match. This should have been like match number... Well, it shouldn't have even fucking happened, to be honest. But if they, it should have happened way earlier. Uh, like This is just awful. Ron Simmons should have been in a much more high-profile uh, thing and and he he makes them look better, but it doesn't help. Um, PN News almost crushes Ron Simmons' head with a crossbody. Oh God! I don't even think uh, I don't even think PN News how I don't even think he knows how much he weighs because <laughs> he doesn't know how far to jump and he almost over jumps Ron Simmons because hmm. this is a standing crossbody and almost just completely flattens him. Um, what is this? Oh, so boring. Yeah, this is this is pretty bad. Uh, so Simmons and Rich win the match. This was my least favorite on the card. I gave this a two. I got you. Okay. All right. So, by the way, twelve minutes too. Oh, it's it, and it feels like it too, especially with you know the lack of charisma other than Ron Simmons. So everything I said about the last match holds true here. No one cares about anyone in this match not named Ron Simmons. The problem is, once Ron Simmons is in the match, he really doesn't do anything except carry on this remake of 48 Hours with Thomas Rich while reluctantly tagging or, or not tagging in each other. It's 48 and a half hours, the smell of fear. The, the hot tag delivers everything we wished we didn't have to wait 11 minutes to get, which is a body slam to PN News and a nasty spine buster to Armstrong. Thankfully, this is the end of the tag matches. I gave this a two. JR passes some time with Tony talking about the list of participants for Battle Bowl from his uh, yellow legal pad. Uh, we'll ask, did anybody bother to write them down? Or did they just go, you know what? <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Because I thought about they it. They had to give Capetta something. Well, I mean like us. Oh, the oh, three of oh, us. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Like, right. Just, nah, I just watched I didn't. I did I, not I, either. No. I just wrote the winners under the match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, speculating about Abdullah the Butcher's actions and whether he uh, is still under payroll of Lex Luger and the... Uh, Obligatory, you know, insert name, big guys who will be hard to eliminate. They always do this. Oh, man. Oh, who's your odds on He's favorite? He's a big, fat well, motherfucker. Well, it's either going to be Vader or, or, or Abdullah. The fat fucks never win. Never. They never, except Yoko. Yoko won and in 93. Show almost won. Uh, 2000? And then he won, but then he didn't win, and then... <laughs> the, the bottom line is they're building Sting up. They're building him up to go against, to overcome the major odds, uh... 
based on who's competing here. We go up to Bischoff, who gives thanks to Missy and Magnum. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> thanks for being here. Kinda. Before we quickly go to Gary Capetta, who recaps the rules of Battle Bowl, and then has to introduce everybody who makes their way at a very brisk pace getting to the ring. This is where Bill Kazmaier has been graduated to the world's strongest human being. Because he won his match. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, one other thing Capetta does, and I don't fault him for not keeping up quite, but he has to announce every elimination. And not just the, the who's been eliminated, but for some reason he keeps saying, from Battle Bowl. Like, oh, is that what this is? He says, from Battle Bowl, all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my god. So this is technically your match. So you Fine. go ahead and lead off. Okay, well let me ask this. I, I divided this into two matches. Can we can we just combine them into one? Yeah, yeah please. Just okay. Yeah. yeah. So of course I wrote that about Capetti. He's got his workout form. I would really like to see Richard Morton versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Really? That was when I came alive. The, uh, yeah, they have an interesting chemistry together. When once they get into that second ring, did you not like that? I know. I put, Do you have a problem? No, with no. That? I for whatever reason my note was it was very sloppy. No, I thought it was good, Jason. Yeah, like it. It was of the people in the ring. They were two of them. But yes, no, I'm getting, they, they were. Like, uh, thanks for the help. It's all right. Thanks for the assist, you jackass. Abdullah <laughs> 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 yeah, was coming at you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's get into this shit. Uh, Steamboat and Double A decide to eliminate themselves, but they really didn't. They just went outside the ring. Because here's the thing. It's not like the Royal Rumble where they say, both feet much must touch the floor. Kofi Kingston would be out of this thing so fast. Because if it's like one finger hits, he's gone. Um, and if and the, it is over the top rope, but I swear, Steamboat and Anderson just went through the ropes. And they fight outside, and they eventually just make their way to the other ring. And the referees don't seem to mind too much. Um, Ron Simmons gets thrown through the second rope. Somehow eliminated. He did not go over the top rope. And they actually announced him as eliminated. But whatever. Um, f it takes forever for this to happen. Even though it's the thing that I kept waiting for. But uh, after a while, they finally pan the camera wide. They f so we can see both rings. Because after a while, it's like, yeah, how are they going to juggle this with one ring and the other ring once there's enough people in that ring? And they do it terribly. We miss things. We hear crowd reacting to things that we're looking at that, that they couldn't possibly be reacting to because they're reacting to the other ring. Well, finally, they pull the camera out and we can look at both rings. And then there are these, like, there are these two, like, little, I think, cameras, or, or sorry, these two little images that we're looking at. It's like a picture-in-picture -picture kind of thing, and it's like... It, it's just taking up space. It's like it's just too much. It's too it's too complicated. Um, let's see. Steiner does a Steiner recliner on Mr. Hughes. Awesome! It's so cool to see him do that. And he took his sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He inherited them. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a real like this isn't said, uh, but there is a real folks were out of time moment. Uh, in this match where because this thing is slow to a crawl for like the first 10 or 15 minutes and then all of a sudden uh, it seems like uh, you know like they're getting near the end of the, you know their allotted time people start getting eliminated left and right to the point where 
not only can Trapetta not keep up, but you're actually surprised by who's getting eliminated. Now, granted, you kind of already know, like at least I did, who the final two were going to be. It turns out Lex Luger is the last one in the right ring. And he gets to basically wait for the other guy. And that's okay. Um, Rick Rude uh, pulls Ricky Steamboat out of the ring. I've never really understood why this is an elimination, why this counts in the WWF, and it counts for some reason in WCW. Uh, Sting. Sting is the winner. Now, now, this is the part of the match that they didn't explain. Sting now has to go back into ring one, the main ring, to fight Lex Luger. Now, keep in mind, we have not had a referee in, this, in, the, in the ring the entire time. Nick Patrick comes into the ring. So I'm thinking in my mind, and this is why I wrote it as a separate match, I'm thinking we're about to have a one-on-one -on -one match with pinfalls and submissions. But no, it's announced that there are no pinfalls, there are no submissions. It's still over-the-top rope elimination. Why the fuck is there a referee in the ring now? Well, like, it, Why wasn't there a ref in the other ring when there were two wrestlers only? Like, I, I don't think he knew. I don't, I, don't I don't think so. I, I yeah. Don't, uh, I don't I, WCW is so bad at this. They are, are notoriously bad. Like Because when you uh, you posted something on Twitter about the, the complications of Battle Bowl mm -hmm. and the rules, mm -hmm. and I, I was totally ready to be confused. I absolutely understood it. <laughs> and they still managed to find a way to fuck up. Like, it's, get the, like it, it reminded me, like, the best final two ever in a Royal Rumble for me is Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Because it's basically a precursor to the WrestleMania 25 match. A referee didn't just decide to get in the ring for that and just, just to watch them. Like, it's just so dumb. So, one thing that's really cool is before Sting is able to get into the ring, Rick Rude, fuck it, Rude Awakening. I popped so hard for that. I thought that was so cool. And the crowd is fucking incensed. They're so mad. And you're just waiting for it. You're like, please do it. Please do it. Rick Rude gets out on the ring apron and poses. Sticks up his muscles and, bl and blows them a kiss. One of the greatest heels of all time. He yeah. is just a natural. Um, okay, so... <laughs> to piggyback off of the no DQ part. Um, if there's no DQ, why is Lex Luger distracting the referee while... Uh, so I forget who it was was trying to attack. Oh, it's Harley Race. R Luger's like grabbing the ref while Harley Race is fucking with Sting on the outside of the ring. There's no, there's no DQ, man. Harley Race. By the way, I'm beginning to love every time Harley Race gets involved. Dude, like, I will give bump. Harley Race Here we go. credit. He's about to bump. Harley Race's body slam on the uh, on the ramp is fantastic. He takes that like a champ. Um, let's see. Okay, so Lex Luger. You know, I was I was uh, thinking the other night about. That old Bret Hart way of ranking wrestlers, mm -hmm. and up until seeing Lex Luger as a as a heel, I would have never ranked him that high. I actually really like Lex Luger as a heel, um, so he gets to, but unfortunately he inst he instructs Sting while they're in the ring. He tells him oh, ropes clothesline, like you can hear it in, in the headset. I guess Tony heard it too because Tony uh, tries to cover for it by by basically saying that oh man Luger's just trash talking him. In the ring, uh, he's just giving him the business. Like, no, he just told him go on the ropes and take a clothesline. Um, Sting ends up getting the elimination. Well, it's, you know, I've like I've been saying this whole season. Sting is a big fucking moron, uh, and it's not his fault. It's just the way they book him. It's nice that he wins this, like, because it's like, oh, there we go. Because it feels like Sting really hasn't won anything in a while, and he finally gets a little bit of revenge on Luger, and the crowd gets to go home happy. Between Battle Bull 
and Sting and Lex Luger, if that's one thing, which that's how I'm going to count it, um, I gave this a five. Okay. Jason, walk us through your thoughts on the, the, the Battle Bowl itself. Well, I'd like to give Gary Michael Capetta versus the WWE Replacement Network music a 7 out of 10. Uh, that was really great because it just drowns him out. But, like, I would like that as a track. If someone could remix his entrance of everyone, it really is good. Um, Arn Anderson and Ricky Steamboat prove that they are the smartest wrestlers because you can't get eliminated in a battle royal if you're not in the ring. Exactly. Um, even they're beating the hell out of each other instead of standing there. Um and someone should have really explained, like, like I get concept. You've got to be eliminated. But someone should have told the wrestlers, you've got to be eliminated by being dumped into the other ring. Because there are several shots of groups of guys trying to flip the bigger guys over onto the floor. Like, what are you going to do? Okay, now they're not. They're out there. Now you got to deal with getting them into the ring to get them over there. Uh, this does, this seems to be like the longest battle royal I've ever seen without an elimination. Because it takes a long time before someone finally gets over there. And, of course, it's Thomas Rich who just sits there. Um, and the moment someone comes over there, he just starts beating the shit out of them. And, and the announcers are even pointing out how dumb he is since they want to keep bringing up how stupid everyone is. He should have just went over there and picked him up and tossed him over the ropes immediately instead of starting to wrestle him. Um, as the show goes on, like what Charlie said, where people just start getting eliminated very quickly – no one seems to be super upset when they get eliminated. Like Ricky Martin gets eliminated. He just gets up and starts walking to the back. Like there's no like, oh damn it, I've because they still don't know what they're wrestling for. You won the battle bowl. Great. What do I get? A toaster. Fantastic. Um it's I just don't get it. And it's you know, so many of the other wrestlers also like we're talking about how they go through the the bottom rope. Some of them just walk over there. And then Capetta just goes, so-and-so has been eliminated from ring one and is now in ring two. How are they eliminated? They walked in. Arn Anderson and Ricky Steamboat wrestled around the ring and crawled into ring two without ever going over the top rope of ring one into ring two. But here we go. Sting's left leg betrays him as it tries to throw him into the top rope. Because for some reason it goes from the floor to over the top rope while he is punching Rick Root. It's hilarious. Like Sting just tries to put himself in a position to get eliminated. Um, and then if watching all this wasn't overwhelming enough, then you get the two picture in pictures with the wide shot at the bottom. And it's it's a lot. That's way too much. They could have done a split screen and it would have been fine. Not the wide shot with the two rings. It was just too much stimuli at one time. Um and once it gets to the point where there's only four more guys left, you think you could get rid of those two small pictures? Nope. That's still got to stay there. Um, so we get where Sting's the last competitor other than Luger. Sting's in his ring. Lex comes over to wrestle him. Here comes Nick Patrick going, nope, nope, you guys got to go over to this ring. Lex Luger looks at him and says, but why? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> like, you could see it. <laughs> Yeah, but why? Like, why does it matter what ring? They, if it's a, <laughs> are they afraid? Are they gonna sit there and just keep th tossing each other over the freaking same top rope in the middle of the ring over and over again? But uh, I would like it if someone could make us a gif of of Sting doing that crazy skipping wind up punch thing that he gets to Harley Race. <laughs> it is yes, I hear the size. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird. 
Yeah, he's, it's super he's charging the up little... the stinger. <laughs> yeah, it's what it's for. It's the, the stinger. It's what I call the "I'm fed up with this." Let me get the crowd into it so we can end this shit punch. Um, I still like you said what that it gets announced they become a number one contender. Well, it later. I, I mean, it it becomes that because in a way, I mean that's what this match sets up. It's like Sting won this, so he kind of becomes it. So I, I, let me rephrase that. I don't think like they actually say like that's part of the victory package of winning Battle Bowl. I mean, the, I think in terms of this show, what they announced, I think it's just the ring, right? That's it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know they got the ring. thought the ring came in years later when Eddie Guerrero won it and DDP stole his ring and they had a, a great story for that for a long time. But this was like, it was felt really anticlimactic for Battle Royals. And I've noticed, with the exception of like the Royal Rumble, I've gotten where I don't like battle royals anymore because um, they all seem to kind of follow the same pattern. But this was—I don't know what the fuck this was. I gave this a three. Gotcha. Okay, battle royals are quintessential pro wrestling. The concept is so simple and it's so primal. You have a bunch of people in one place; they're trying to throw each other out, and the last one left is the winner. It's the most. It's probably the most attractive thing to casual wrestling fans or people who aren't even wrestling fans. They will stop and watch a Battle Royal. And yet, Battle Bull makes it not only complicated, but very boring to start with. We've got we, we've gone over the rules, but to again say they're, they're, more, they're more excessive and less interesting in terms of strategy. Some wrestlers seem to be confused about the second ring being the destination from ring one, notably Vader and Mr. Hughes. The action is very stagnant in ring one, which you, you can... You can pin on a variety of factors, such as the size of a WCW ring, as well as fatigue. That's why, Jason, when you were saying, yeah. I think guys are just ready to leave. They're ready to just catch, you know. Oh, catch a red eye. <laughs> are we heading to... TSA's not working today. So, uh... <laughs> Nevertheless, there are a few high spots that the crowd gets excited about, with you know, Sting battling Luger in ring one, and Sting battling, ring, uh, Sting battling Rude with a few brief flurries of fisticuffs. The finale in Ring Run, Ring 1 is a little is a little wild, with Vader pummeling Luger. Yeah. Luger should have been untouched by all the heels, especially monster heels such as Vader. Nevertheless, they set up Luger with a large break he gets compared to Sting, who has to go through everyone in Ring 2. Great Final Four um, with Sting, Steamboat, Rude, Austin. Spoiler alert, that's the main event of the next show. Ooh. And, and it was uh, even better that Root came back. Root came back in and nailed Sting with a Root Awakening. That was also missing from the match. It's cliche, but we've we've come this far, and to not have Sting get ganged up on is a miss, especially with Abdullah the Butcher virtually absent from this battle royal. You would you know, think m- m- maybe the problem is Sting. Sting has a lot of enemies. <laughs> like. Abdul the Butcher. He's the world champ. When he's not the world champ, he shouldn't have so many enemies. Right, because it's like Abdul the Butcher, stunning Steve Austin, Rick Rude. It's like this is a wide like landscape of wrestlers, you know, like from different personalities and stuff. Maybe it's Sting. Maybe he's an asshole. The crowd gets what they wanted, and they likely predicted in Sting versus Luger for the for the finale, which is a pleasant back and forth with Luger dominating early, Sting battling back and battling through Harley Race. You can tell this is headed toward a title match down the road by how they relented from really doing anything anything signature related, except for like a misting or splash. Luger never really should have been in this match to begin with, and I can't decide if him losing at Battle Bowl was the right move, but for the crowd, it's pleasing. Um, 
considering everything they had to go through, or most of what they had to go through up until this point. I gave this a five overall. Um, how much do you have to do before? Not you? much at Not all. Not much? Okay. Mm -mm. So just to look ahead, the next show, Class of Champions, 18. Um, I'll go ahead and run. Is it okay if I run down the card of it? Yeah. It's actually, it's a, yeah, it's, this is a pretty good card. You have, this is your opener. Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes with Harley Race taking on the Steiner brothers. Rick and Scott. No, It's both of oh them boy. against Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes. Flying Brian and Marcus Alexander Bagel versus Terrence Taylor and Tracy Smothers. Eh. Johnny B. Bad versus Richard Morton. Eh. Diamond Dallas Page versus PN News. Eh. Here we go. Falls Count Anywhere match. Cactus Jack versus Van Hammer. Yes, it's here. It's finally here. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Big Josh and Brad Armstrong versus the <laughs> no no longer Arachnaman, you notice. <laughs> versus the well, fabulous. You've got to do, do a Photoshop of like that, that quintessential Spider Man cover where he's walking down the aisle oh, with Spider Man. Yes. yes. Spider Man no more. It's gotta be Brad Ar Arachnaman no more. It's <laughs> That's really good. That'd be a good deep cut. See how many people get I'm not it. feeling too good, Mr. Steiner. <laughs> that's, that's probably my favorite thing. Um, they're, believe it or not, they're taking on the Freebirds, so maybe they're flipped back to heel. We'll see. Thomas Rich versus Vinny Vegas. Oh. And then Barry Windham, Dustin Rhodes, and Ron Simmons versus the Dangerous Alliance. Arn Anderson, Beautiful Bobby, and Larry Zabisco. And in the main event, Rick Rude and Steve Austin versus Ricky Steamboat and Sting. That is a really, I mean, overall, overall. That's a really good card. I mean, you got some crap in the middle. Oh, no, no, I'm looking forward to it. That Absolutely. sounds like a lot of fun. How are we doing on the, or what do we do? Well, obviously I'm going to be in the lead today, but um, it's it's not by much. Um, so I, I have the show rated at the highest at a 4.73. Uh, Will, you have it at, uh, this. you're in the middle. You're okay. at 3.55. Yeah, okay. Jason, you are at 3.36. Uh, New Blood Rising Podcast gives Starcade 91, Battle Bowl, The Lethal Lottery, The Final Frontier, 3.88. Okay, cagematch.net's 2.92. Not far off. That's pretty accurate there. Okay, good. So as we said, next uh, next show is Clash of the Champions 18. Uh, we talked about Best of Luck Spot Hall of Fame. So um, just to recap it just briefly here, Nominations closing on the 31st. We're going to be sending out a link that's got all of the nominations in there. Um, so please take a look at it. Then look at the number corresponding to that nomination. Write it down or you know, tweet, and then tweet it to us. The top four. Pick four and send it to us uh, with the hashtag again. Best of luck spot. Best of luck spot Hall of Fame or HOF. And uh, just make sure, uh, make sure you get it back to us because... April 6th is when we're going to be dropping that. So if we're dropping the episode on April 6th, it'll probably be the Sunday before. That's when we'll record. So that's when we'll um, we'll we'll keep announcing the date for you to make sure you get your uh, your final, you know, your final votes in. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think that's about it. So please follow us on uh, social media. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. The podcast is on Twitter at New Blood Pod. I'm at William Rinkin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I am at CM underscore stabs. We'll see you guys again for Clash of the Champions 18.